grab your beverages and turn up your interweb. Solving the world's problems 12 ounces at a time. It's Dudes and Beer. Hello, everybody, and welcome, 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 episode 350. I never thought that it would get here. Next week, we officially become the Curious Realm. You will see at the end of tonight's broadcast the outro for Curious Realm uh, with the calls to action to download the app, everything else. Everything is available at CuriousRealm.com. This will officially be our first post as the website. That comes out tomorrow, all kinds of stuff. We have guests in studio. We have guests on the line tonight. We have clips. And, and you know, I want to say out of 350 episodes, a point of pride of mine is that I have never done repeat content. I've never done like a greatest of episode. I've never done like a, hey, Chris is taking the week off. Um, that has never, ever, ever happened. It has been original content. I have stats. Hold on. Let me let me get my uh, my Rush Limbaugh on here. Um, here's some stats. Dudes and Beer episode one entitled It's Either the Gator or Me and My Sausage was published July 27th, 2015, featuring my brother, Randy Jordan, Billy Stewart and Eugene Cantu. Episode 20 was the first press passes that we got uh, to go do the second annual Mikamoto auction here in Austin. And that began a three-year-long relationship with the Mikamoto auction where we put out almost 15 hours of content with them. Um, in our tenure, we have had over 125 guests. Uh, we have over 30 days of continuous programming. So you could listen to Dudes and Beer for over 30 days straight and never hear the same content. Um, I will give a shiny six-pack of yingling to the first person to tell me that they have listened to all 30 uninterrupted, like, you know, like Marvel status, where it's like, we're going to give you $10,000 if you watch all the Marvel movies in a row and don't fall asleep. Um, and as of this year, we became the 2021 winner of the People's Choice Podcast Awards for news and politics, beating up Politico's EU podcast. That is just some of the many, many things that have happened in our time here at Dudes and Beer. Um, we'll be getting into Dudes and Beer called at moments. We'll be having our good friends. Uh, Stephen Bishop is back on the show tonight. He's here in studio with us. We've got Billy Joe Kane from Radical Empathy Education Foundation and now PB&J Learning here in-house with us. Uh, we will be joined by our great and good friend, Dr. John Hall, in the second hour as well as our other great and good friend, Michael Turber. These are all guests that were pivot points for us at a show, as a show, and really brought about the show in the incarnation that it is now, where it's true interview-style format. Um, we'll be getting into a little bit of the history, all that kind of good stuff here in just a minute when we get back from this message from our sponsor. Have you considered starting a podcast? Looking for a way to make your business a voice of authority in an industry? Then Podcast Cadet is the solution for you. Whether starting a podcast for yourself, your brand, business, school, church, or just plain fun, 
Podcast Cadet is here to help you navigate the waters of the podcast industry. Specializing in one-on-one consultation and training with industry professionals in fields ranging from podcast technology and editing to distribution, monetization, and even social media strategies. Podcast Cadet tailors their services to the specific needs of you and your podcast. Do you already have a podcast and trying to find ways to engage and grow your audience? Sign up for your Podcast Cadet audit today and let us help you explore new and exciting ways to leverage your content and elevate your podcast brand to whole new levels. From consultational workshops to affordable podcast production and maintenance packages, Podcast Cadet is your one-stop shop for everything podcast-related on the Internet. Visit podcastcadet.com today to sign up for your consultation or training and use code DUDES20 to save 20% off your entire purchase. That website again is podcastcadet.com. That's right, folks, podcastcadet.com. Stop on by, check it out. While you were online doing that, make sure to stop on by the dudes that, oh, no, what just happened? Oh, I know what happened. There we go. I got to hit the other Q button first, folks. Stop on by the Curious Realm, formerly Dudes and Beer. Tomorrow, it will only just be Curious Realm. Stop on by the Curious Realm group today. Join. It's a free group. Check out some of the news articles. Today, the FAA accidentally disclosed more than 2,000 flight records associated with Jeffrey Epstein's private jets, including President Trump. The CDC says that every... Every 18 and older should get COVID-19 boosters due to the Omicron variant. We'll be getting into that a little bit today with Dr. John Hall. We have a couple of dudes and beer called it moments amongst the COVID crisis. So uh, out of The Guardian, Arizona students see Kyle Rittenhouse removal from online nursing classes and multiple victims in a shooting in Michigan high school uh, from their sheriff's office. So stop on by, check things out. Always there at Curious Realm on Facebook. We're always answering questions, always welcoming new people to the group. So um, speaking of welcoming people, welcome back, Stephen Bishop, and welcome back. There we go. Billy Joe Kane. Yeah. We're back. Welcome back. How are you guys, man? Hey, man. <laughs> it I'm has been well. a, um, despite my road work, Stephen, we do not get together enough and just hang out. And we really need to change that because you were right. one of the very, very good friends that I've had over the last many, many years. And this show is a big part of that. Right. So um, yeah. I've definitely missed our regular hangouts and we need to yeah, make that too. more frequent. And Billy Joe Kane is, of course, one of our regular guests um, and has become a go to guest where even like I don't have somebody. I'm like, hey, Billy, what are you doing Tuesday? Um, That's awesome. And and he he just shoots down here and shows up and ends up on the show and talks about amazing and great things. He's a cool dude like that. Oh, it's it's yeah. it's been a great relationship and it's been a it's been a fantastic growth pattern to see the show to see the community grow. Like man, you remember when the Dudes and Beer Facebook group was literally a place for me, you, and Nelson to share news articles to talk about later? Oh yeah. Like I that's agree. exactly what it started as, and then it just organically be- all of this it just came kind a long of long ways, man. Organically evolved 
this way. So um, what's it been like for you, man, uh, kind of viewing things from the outside the last couple of years? Well, shoot, man, uh, I'm just so proud and honored that I'm a part of uh, something like this that um, I remember when we started it from the ground up and uh, what it turned out to be. It's just amazing, the growth and and what it turned out. You know, it's, it's yeah. all the guests. I mean, just a number of great guests that have been on this show that's just uh, and it the range of the guests is just you know there's it's just amazing you know the people that have been on this show oh thank you man thank you and it, you were you were there at the beginning of all that when we started having people like Arsham McCleskey on like former right. former Secret Service investigator uh, right. you were there with the first episodes I remember John Hall was a oh yeah <laughs> um, from me where it was like oh that kind of stuff doesn't exist it's like I will I will find the guy who I booked on the previous show I worked on who talks about this technology now, if I'm not mistaken my first show was uh, Cecil the Lion was yeah. the topic oh yeah 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 absolutely no you were you were number two man Something like, like you were there straight up from episode number two and moving forward into 200 almost yeah um so it's in i i actually brought out a little piece of dudes and beer history folks um this was our this was our show sheet where we would like in marker write down what we were going to be talking about with the guests and plugs that we had to do but on the back was a little mantra that we originally read like probably the first 50 episodes we read this out loud just as a reminder and it's really like the basis of the rules for the group things like that let me let me pull my old man here um <laughs> dudes and beer is a podcast about life love and the loving of life with beer we talk about passions projects family society politics phenomena nothing is verboten in this forum but while participating in this sacred forum please remember these few simple things. Number one, be nice. It's okay to feel things, even be upset, but please refrain from angry name-calling or mindless bickering. Respect makes the world go round. We all have a unique point of view on the world and reality. Your view does not discount or invalidate the view of others. Rule number two, this is a conversation. Our audience need to know who we are as individuals, not as a rabble jabbering over each other. Again, Respect is the key word. Please try not to talk over each other. Three, try to address each other by name. That way people know who we are. Four, we talk about a lot of things on Dudes and Beer. Not one topic is forbidden. However, please do remember while we are a show that does include alcohol and more than likely an 18 or over audience, that does not mean we have to be low. This show is about is being recorded and will be posted in its entirety on the internet. Your boss may listen. Your grandma may find it. Heck, your kid's teacher may hear it. So consider this your disclaimer. Again, you are being recorded, and this will be available to the world to hear, unedited. If you think you'd get in trouble, just don't say it, man. Finally, have fun. It's a show about a bunch of people sitting around and talking. It's our personalities and wild conversations that they are tuning into. Think about crazy stories, situations, jokes, opinions, and news of the day. Think about a standard talk show. That's exactly what it is, but with beer. Um, and that was nice. that was the rules of dudes and beer. You know, just be ready to sit back and have a conversation over some beer tonight. Hell yeah! You know, exactly. and well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can you can vehemently disagree. You can passionately yeah. disagree, but that right. doesn't mean that you resort to 
like it says, mindless bickering or name calling, calling people stupid or their ideas stupid. Hey, um, like we say on this show regularly, less than 20% of the American standing public took place in the American Revolution. Here we sit today, independent. So, um, less than 20%. That's like less than one out of every five. You know, they were able to disagree and still meet up at the bar later. That's right. That's right. The public house where everybody went from the pig right. farmer to the mayor. And that was kind of the idea was that everybody bring a six pack. Everybody bring some topics and we're going to talk and we're going to go through this and we're going to, we're going to see what society is all about. Um, and it, it went amazingly well. Um, even uh, not too long ago, Amy, my wife, was complimenting the fact that it's one of the only groups she knows up on Facebook that has not become utterly toxic over yeah. the last couple of years where, like, people are just at each other's throats, you know? <laughs> um, people have some very strongly worded opinions in that group, but it's typically pretty respectful overall. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been really, really interesting. Now, um, one of our first big in-studio moments was episode 45 uh -oh. um well <laughs> it's got to be talked about because it was it was one of those moments i think so I yeah think i know where this is going <laughs> yeah um well we we had numerous people in and out of the studio regularly but it became a regular consortium of four people myself you yep. as all like like i said you were stalwart you were always there right right um later we had julie Connolly in um every week and we we had nelson kugel in right. for the first little bit of it mm -hmm. um then he kind of started spotting in and out and mm -hmm. um we also had fitz we had matt fitzgerald um younger guy very passionate some amazing conversation from fitz mm -hmm. and some great points but we in episode 55 or 45 40, yeah we were uh discussing that was one of our first real like heavy heavy discussions like we're gonna have a guest on tonight we had investigative reporter john bown on Ooh. oh that's talking right. That's right. talking about the failures of the fbi in investigating omar mateen and red flagging him from the purchase of firearms and their regular failures um in shooting cases uh in in cases like the boston bombing stuff like that mm -hmm. um regular failures of intelligence with the fbi and fitz got very upset that that is what we were focusing on he wanted to focus on why he attacked um a, a homosexual community um that was not something that any of us could educatedly speak on, um, not being a member of the homosexual community or anything like that. So um, that's the guest that we had on, and it got pretty passionate. Oh yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've actually got the clip. Like I said, we've never we've yeah, never really done a clip show. That's like really, did. but uh, like, this seems like a good clip. But but yeah, let me. Uh, here we go. Yeah, clip one. Regardless of whatever we. F said tonight my heart is broken Absolutely. for the people who died for the families and the friends who have to deal with this shit, and for the american people who have to watch this happen every day whether it's cnn yep. fox news whatever we have to watch this every day all day we do right and for a community like the lgbt community to have to suffer this and for the american people to have to suffer this is completely and that's what I have to say. Well, absolutely. And, 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 and right on, man, it, it's incredibly depressing. 
It is. And, you know, it's it's the fact of it's it's just like with tonight, it drives the dialogue into a certain direction. And that's what everybody seems to make it about. Um, That's what the president's speech was about today. Uh, It was about mourning at the beginning. And then at the end, it was all about politics and gun control. Um, And that's it. Like I've said, that that is not the conversation that needs to be had here. The conversation that needs to be had here is understanding cultures, understanding the differences in people and being able to set a groundwork where that can exist within America. Um, it's a very where complicated issue. It is. It's a hugely complicated and like, issue. Can we and just ask issue. you all uh, what kind... I'm currently drinking... Um, <laughs> John Bound. John Bound just plays it off like a pro. He just totally switches the topic of like, okay, yeah, so somebody just got up and walked out and never to return. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if he actually knew if he did. Did he really? Did he know at that moment? Did he know? What's that? That, that uh, he, he officially. Knew. Well, I mean, I, I don't think he officially knew for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, like you right. can hear the you can hear the chair in the, the door, but but yeah, and and he was fully agreeing with him too, which is what was like. It was like he's agreeing with you that this is horrible. That yes, we all have to put up with this, and that we all have to put up with the politicization politicization of the death of people is horrible um so yeah yeah but what a pro john bound just swinging it right back to like okay so uh well i'm sitting here drinking a sierra nevada what are you guys drinking like just total total pivot of topic he could have not let that guy off the hook he could have he could have he could have. He took, so he took, the high road. He took that high. Road. It was uh, it was definitely an interesting night to say the least. And we have uh, we've had many many of those oh, throughout I was the years. Say, many interesting nights. Well, uh, and uh, you know, I remember the uh, quite literally the 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 night that we did the episode about uh, because we had no guests, nobody else. It was just us, and oh, we yeah. did the, we did the episode on the anniversary of Fukushima. That's the one, yeah. And and the whole internet were uh, like rabbit hole theory that there was a genetic monster living under Fukushima, like living off the radiation. And dude, for the longest time, that was like one of our largest charting episodes. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, the and Godzilla theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, precisely. That there was a Godzilla tology. Hey, I'm open-minded. Yeah. Uh hey, it could still be real. It could be. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? He might not be as big as Godzilla. He could be like that tiny little lizard, but he's living Ooh. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's still a reptile living in it. <laughs> yeah. So amongst amongst all of this stuff, amongst amongst shows. Everything else. We've we've been very, very blessed to have people like Billy Joe Kane on um, regularly. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit real quick about because you were really one of the first causes that we got behind um, when it came to what if we're going to have regular guests and talk about things and topics that matter. Human trafficking was a huge one. So um, let's let's share a little bit about how how you came to the show first off and a little bit about your technology and everything that you guys do over there wow um I, yeah i mean chris i gotta tell you i feel totally blessed to have had the opportunity to be you know part of dudes and beer you are the first person that uh well you know on their own volition that uh believed in us from the very beginning you know even before our our final product so to speak was even done um, for so long, I talked to people about what I wanted to do, which was, um, 
put somebody in the shoes of a victim of trafficking from a psychological point of view. So it's not about, you know, anything that you would expect and it's happening in your neighborhood. So the idea is that you understand how somebody can be groomed mm -hmm. so that you can see how it slowly happens mm -hmm. and the manipulation that occurs so that you could understand this could happen to anyone and you might be under threat so you can you continue performing this so the idea is to put somebody in a in a place mentally where they can get it because that's one of the most difficult things to get across to somebody um is that that um could actually happen to somebody so you're working against their cognitive dissonance so i started radical empathy so that i could build that application so that i could do that I spent uh, a year getting to know the field and talking to everybody from psychologists to law enforcement so I could build this thing as accurately as possible. Um, so we did and we uh, we did it for the HTC Vive, which was, you know, a very expensive system, which really, you know, could only serve one group with a computer and everything. And then we built the next year, we built it onto the Oculus Quest, where it's very efficient. It's, uh, you know, affordable for everybody. But now we do events with them and we license people the software um, so they can put it on as many headsets as they want to. And then after um, we were doing really well, we uh, had just done a gig with um, uh, the 60th birthday of Tony Robbins out in Los Angeles. And we were doing absolutely fantastic. And then COVID. Mm. Yeah. So it was like, wow. So now we can't go, you know, teach anybody, you know, on site. And, um, so then we, uh, well, I, 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 that wasn't very cool in my mind. So I was kind of, yeah. I, I kind of regrouped and decided I was going to do an online course about human trafficking. And, uh, so I spent a year, uh, working on that with uh, a gentleman that I found online through, believe it or not, through YouTube, he had a channel called human trafficking hater. And I was like, oh yeah. So anyway, we spent a year working on this course it just got finished. So the new company is called PBJ Learning, and uh, what we do is we provide one online course right now that's going to expand into others. It's called Human Trafficking Essentials. It's a certificate-level course that's accepted by a number of uh, large organizations like the Project Management Institute for PMP uh, certification. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it's I, I'm really, really proud of it. So more things are going to happen with it. Um, right now, it's being used, uh, you know, with law enforcement, psychologists, um, some students, and university uh, professors. So we're really happy to say that it's 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 doing well. But you know, we want to grow, and our point is that we built this thing online so it can scale. You know, this isn't somebody walking mm -hmm. into a, a room with the PowerPoint. Yeah, this is literally a full service. You can look at it anytime, use it anytime, use it for research on any web device. Uh, it's got 30 minutes of, of video that we shot. It's all combined with stuff. It's about 90 minutes of lessons and interactive activities. Um, it's really, really deep. And you will understand at the end the societal causes that can contribute to becoming vulnerable to trafficking as well. Yeah. So this isn't, this isn't just a bunch of stats. And we don't just talk about sex trafficking. We also talk about labor trafficking, which is extremely mm. important. Yeah. Almost never discussed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, you, you guys get all this stuff. But the, right. the point is that uh, I wanted to create something that would make a huge difference in the world. And so we're, we're finding out uh, criminal justice students don't have specific 
courses on human trafficking. Mm-hmm. It's kind of put in, you know, every so often in different courses, only as the teacher knows about it. Yeah. Uh, some places are amazing, but other, most places don't. And it's really, uh, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where if they don't learn about it in school, then they don't feel confident about teaching it. So they don't teach it and then they don't learn about it. It just kind of goes like this. Hmm. Most of the people I've talked to are reticent to teach it because they feel like they don't know enough about it. Yeah. And so the fact that they're not being taught to feel confident, it just keeps, you know, perpetuating it. And of course, yeah. you know, nobody wants to think about all the, you know, uh, the prisoners that are basically being, you know, you know, trafficked right now for yeah. the amount of money that they're paying these people. It's just, it's really horrendous to see what's going on. And a lot of people just aren't interested in it. So my, point is to basically pro not uh, to provide people a resource where they can actually learn something instead of just re- have a statue read to them or a bunch of statistics. We want people to, to put themselves yeah. in the mindset of how this might happen. Right. Yeah. Cause um, it, exactly. it, even traveling across the country, now that I've been traveling again, I have noticed like, like I told you a few years ago, I started to see the human trafficking signs in hotels and elevators. Like if you see something, say something, I have seen them more and more. Yeah. As I've been traveling. Uh, so it's great to see that. It's great to see that awareness and the fact that systems like yours um, work. And uh, you yep. guys recently, like, got, like, was it accredited? Yeah, we have, uh, our, our certificates have become yeah. accredited by the Project Management Institute, which is, like, the largest group that does uh, project management certificates. Yeah. They're called P&P certs. Mm-hmm. And um, we are just, uh, you know, beyond happy about that and we have some other things coming up that i can't talk about yet but oh my god dude yeah this thing is <laughs> official right, right yeah we've been we've had this thing up for a couple of months and been showing it to different people and yeah there's there's a certificate coming from a, a very cool university that is awesome oh and fantastic to is, hear that's that's it really is fantastic and yeah you know you were actually a part of one of our first dudes and beer called at moments, Billy. Um, in episode 225, we had you and Chong Kim. Uh, I remember that led to a long conversation after the show between yeah, the did. three of us. Yeah. Um, and a, a, a life changing. Oh, yeah. Conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for it, me, I'm saying even you know, mm, after all this stuff that I heard, I mean, she yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and, and her story will do that. And uh, we recently had her back on. She was talking about being connected with uh, an Epstein survivor um, mm. and, and trying to get her to tell her story and things like that. And that was actually the Dudes and Beer called at moment in 225. Epstein had just been arrested. Right. Um and and we actively said that like uh, keep your eyes out, it was folks. Almost like that day, wasn't it? I mean, it's oh yeah, yeah. It right. was it was like the the day before show, right? Yeah, we always have shows like that. Remember, Chris? Mm. It, we would always have a show, and something would happen. Yeah, like, like almost the next day. Yeah, yeah, and it was interesting because I remember saying, "Mark my words, folks. If if Jeffrey Epstein." Goes into solitary yeah. or goes on to suicide watch, he will die. Oh, yeah. 
like it will happen. That's when it happens. I'm, Even I'm, today, the, the yeah. amount of data that they have that show all the catastrophic failures that led up to that moment. Yeah. And then the forensics showing that if that bone in his neck that has to be done by so much force, it's ridiculous. It's like all the stuff that's out there, the evidence is yeah. there, dude. What is wrong with you? You know what um, I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I actually have that clip here. So let's uh, let's throw that real quick. That's exactly what I posted uh, whenever the the indictment came down for Jeffrey Epstein was like one of two things is going to happen. Either he is going to go full on state's evidence and spill on everybody. He's going to go Sammy the Bull Gravano, uh, you know, who is who's in Uber Supermax prison. Like that's the only way that he can not be killed or suicided is to be in supermax yep. as a federal yep. witness like as a federal witness he's in that kind of protection um and that, yes. that, that it, it's either that or he's going to get suicided in a jail cell one of the two he, well, i have a feeling they're going to put him in uh isolation yeah to keep him oh, away from danger however Exactly. But I have a feeling that we're going to hear the news that he committed suicide. Yeah. And I no, bet you anything that suicide will be staged. The, oh, the, of course the it minute is. that you hear folks and I'm, and I'm here to tell you, I'm just going to yep. call it the second that you hear that he has been put on suicide yep. watch. Oh, yeah. That yep. he has entered a state of depression that he doesn't know what to do. Yep. The rest of his life is over. Yep. With these fraudulent charges, uh, and he's yeah. put on suicide watch. Watch out! Yep. Um, that's when yep. it happens. And it, absolutely, it's build the narrative. It's exactly it like you're saying. Uh, these these yep. judges, police, yep. police departments, everybody, yeah. um, is, is involved. And yeah. Yeah, I mean that was that was one of the many first dudes and beer called it moments where it's like within days of this episode airing, Jeffrey Epstein was found dead. Um, and I remember us, no, like we had a we had a huge text conversation, like roundtable between the three of us going for like a day and a half. I remember, and even right now with Ghislaine Maxwell going in, um, I just pre-recorded. I'm sorry, folks. The first episode, I'm still on the road. The first episode of Curious Rome will be a pre-record. Um, but I just recorded an episode talking about um, Rittenhouse and Gisley Maxwell and things like that. And how are we supposed to maintain innocent until proven guilty when the media is so involved right. with with I mean, even uh, like we said in the news earlier, like Kyle, uh, people have petitioned Kyle Rittenhouse to be removed from right. online classes. So like the media's headlines yeah. already stigmatizes it, right? Yeah. Yeah. They call it smearing people. Yeah. You know, because once well, they put it on you, you you have to go around and say you don't do that. And it's like right. total waste of time. And it changes your own opportunity to. You know, to well, and and that's just it, you know, and even Gislin Maxwell, you know, you got to say like, um. Will she get an utter like, how are you going to find somebody who's impartial and doesn't know about this? Right. Has it heard about it right. at some point? I don't know. Yeah. So there's, like were they being bound under be, a rock? <laughs> yeah. There's bound to be a bunch of people that don't know about it. Oh, ab- absolutely. Don't know anything. 
Uh, well, I mean, people... people. I apologize. That's not true. People I'm know a lot about selective things. things. Right. Those details of those things, right. you just have them pass by you unless this is your thing. Sure. You generally just yeah. read those smears or whatever. Yeah, right. And well, it just goes by because who's really going to stop and dig into this stuff exactly. on the whole? Well, yeah. No, no, no. They don't. They don't. And I, I mean, I myself am just, I'm a news hound. It's what I do. Um, I dig and I dig and I dig and but I not love everybody it. Everybody does. Not everybody does. Um, not everybody reads their news. Most people consume their news either in their 40 minute block mm-hmm. of traffic on the way to or from work right. or, or they consume it at home while they're eating dinner. Mm-hmm. And whatever is on that is what their news is. For that 15 minutes while drinking coffee when you wake up, you know, just checking your email. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's just it. That's their news cycle when they're, you know, really anything beyond one o'clock, 11 o'clock a.m., you know, maybe 1 p.m., Anything beyond that is wash, rinse, repeat from the morning news cycle unless there is something breaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, unless you're reading news, um, the three or four headlines that I posted in the last two days about Gisley Maxwell going to going to court Mm -hmm. um, may have skipped your radar Mm -hmm. because I bet that they weren't on national news. Yeah, I don't really watch national news regularly. uh, The trial of century to. Hey, there's a yellow cat over somewhere. You know, it's like they're. Yeah. What's the next narrative? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Omicron, 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 um, all, all over the place. Which, uh, you know, rightfully so. And we'll get into here in just a couple minutes a couple of extra dudes and beer called at moments before we welcome our guest, Dr. John Hall on, because those moments actively involve some of the first episodes that we did when COVID first started happening, where we said, like, get ready. It, it may just be the case that this goes super bug mm-hmm. and, and becomes antibiotic resistant, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, we and used to, we that's used to have the saying for everything that we called. Remember, dudes and beer called it. Remember? Dudes and beer called it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So, um, right now though, I do want to play a segment that we used to do, uh, that I may reboot with Curious Realm if I have time to do it called Ask Alexa. And oh, yeah. it was, it was a fun little piece that I started doing when we started having uh, larger name guests on. Like this one was for Graham Phillips, who released Wisdom Keepers of Stonehenge. Um, and I would ask Alexa, uh, basically questions that I would ask the guest and see how the AI would handle the questions. So, um, here is your Ask Alexa segment, uh, for Stonehenge. Alexa, what is Stonehenge? Stonehenge, the ancient monument on Salisbury Plain, England, built about 4,500 years ago. Alexa, who built Stonehenge? Here's what I found on Wikipedia. No one knows who built Stonehenge or why they built it. Alexa, what was Stonehenge used for? Here's what I found on reference.com. No one knows what Stonehenge was used for, but its solstice alignment and burial sites found in the complex indicate it was probably used for ceremonies concerning the dead. More far-fetched theories include use as an alien landing strip or as a healing temple. Alexa, what is Stonehenge made of? The material of Stonehenge is sarsen. 
Alexa, what is sarsen stone? Sarsen stones are sandstone blocks found in quantity in the United Kingdom on Salisbury Plain in the Marlborough Downs in Wiltshire, in Kent, and in smaller quantities in Berkshire, Essex, Oxfordshire, Dorset, and Hampshire. They are the post-glacial remains of a cap of Cenozoic silcrete that once covered much of southern England, a dense, hard rock created from sand bound by a silica cement, making it a kind of silicified sandstone. Alexa, what is some of the mythology behind Stonehenge? Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Stonehenge has been the subject of many theories about its origin ranging from the academic worlds of archaeology to explanations from mythology and the paranormal. Alexa, what is a megalithic culture? Sorry, I don't know that, but I do have a skill you might like. It's called What Is My Unicorn Doing? Wanna try it? Yes. Okay, here's What Is My Unicorn Doing? Your unicorn is munching on fallen apples in the castle orchard. That's what happens when you stump Alexa. She will come up with some random, like, hey, maybe I'll give them something that'll, like, occupy their time instead of answering these random questions. Right, right, right. You want to play with a unicorn in your garden? <laughs> like, in garden. Yeah, yeah, wild stuff. Um, and we did quite a few of those, uh, probably there, about five or is six. There Salisbury Hill, where that Salisbury Plain is at? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it actually exists. Yeah, yeah, that Salisbury. place is there. Uh, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. It's, you know, it's been absolutely fun doing the show, having the show on. It's it's become an integral part of my life. I mean, even so much that whenever I'm on the road and I have a pre-record, Amy's gotten to where she's the one that's in here throwing the episode and putting it all out live to the world, things like that. So um, it's been it's it's been really, really great. It's been fantastic, and I love the fact, um, <laughs> Scott Ertz, is the Unicorn's Castle near Stonehenge. I also enjoyed the fact that Chris Thompson's Alexa was answering my questions while he was listening to the show. That's that's classy as heck right there. Um, and Joshua Coda, in reference to danger, oh, believe me, our good friend and guest Dr. Danger and I had a chance to meet uh a couple of days ago and if you saw the promo picture for this episode uh that that picture was from footage taken by listener and friend uh and host of live with will liam and uh waking groove as well as all kinds of shows over on willliam.com will uh william up there uh thanks a lot for always tuning in and thanks for being there for me uh tune in, stay tuned in tonight folks because at the end of the show as we play the outro um you will get to see me emulate myself hey we're getting guest messages already so that means it's time for us to play a couple clips Very before nice. we uh before we have dr john hall on and those would be um, a couple more dudes and beer called it clips talking about COVID, things like that. So um, let's go ahead and check those out. That's exactly what I posted uh, whenever the the indictment came down for Jeffrey. Whoop. There it is. With the concept of it being similar to the common cold. 
and also being a flu, uh, these are things that mutate regularly. And I think I think that's really a lot of the concern right now is is the mutation factor. And, you know, by the time that we do begin to come up with some kind of vaccine, it will have mutated already. Well, and you got to remember, too, that um, I think they've pretty well narrowed it down that it is a bat virus. And, you know, there's another. Yeah really horrible virus called Hendra virus that comes from the bats too Yeah, um, that they've been working with in BLS fuller laboratories but um, there were no bats being sold at the land market the wet market uh, and but they were experimenting on bats at the Wuhan virology lab uh, so um, not that it was weaponized but it may have been an accidental release from there because there, it had to get from the animal host to a human host, and the, the first death yeah. was someone who hadn't been to the Wuhan market. But you have to yeah. have as close as you can to the initial, you know, virus DNA component um, that initially affected humans, because as you said, it can mutate. It mutates when it goes to an animal host or a human host, and it can mutate again as it goes from human to human host. So far, they're saying that they think the mutations have stabilized, but like we said, you know, what the mutation you see in Italy may be different from what you see in this country. It may be different mutations in between cultural groups, you know, or ethnic groups. <clears throat> so that's the thing to watch out. You know, viruses are pretty smart little devils. You know, viruses and primates oh, God, are yeah. really about the, sm the smallest thing we have that can be considered a living. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, they're good, and, and we do, we work with them here to, to weaponize them as well as other countries too. As far as the the theories that possibly it's a weaponized virus. I can't say that it was really weaponized. I can say that they were doing research on that coronavirus yes. from those bats in yes. Wuhan. They do have the bats there. Absolutely. And there were scientists there that were actually doing research to figure out ways for that virus yeah. to bind irreversibly to lung protein to make it more virulent. You know, so... You know, is it possible that it was a weaponized form of it that somehow escaped that lab? Yes. You're always a little suspect whenever you see a zoonotic virus that's never been seen in human transmission before. Yeah. All of a sudden become human transmission. Now, yes, they do have a virology lab that, you know, like we have them here too, that, that their job is to investigate these viruses not only for treatment and prevention in case they ever do get into the human population, but they're also used militarily to weaponize viruses. So sure. The fact, the fact that one of these viruses jumped from a bat to one person in the Wuhan, China area where there happens to be a virology lab, you know, at the risk of sounding conspiratorial, it sounds like probably that that was possibly a manipulated virus to me. <laughs> that second clip folks for a flu shot every year is because it's relatively close every year to the initial virus that we make a vaccine for mm. but there's a thing called antigenic shift and every time that virus kind of starts over again it mutates to figure out a way where it can get around our immune system to keep on replicating and that's why that they see what what flu is going around in asia 
they assume that's the flu that's eventually going to come to the West, and then yeah. they manufacture the virus, the vaccine around that particular virus. And they have to do that every year because of antigenic shift. Yeah. Now, that is the one good thing is there's two strains of this this COVID-19, and we don't see it mutating much more. And I think the reason you're not seeing that is this virus is more infectious than the typical flu virus. And I think it has either modified itself or been artificially modified to be about as contagious as it can be. To know that this virus, uh, before, right after you were on last time, I never did make the dudes and beer called it, but right after you were on last time was the first time that the virus mutated. And we said, get ready for it. It will happen. It's much more close to the common cold than it is the flu. So its permutations are going to happen much more rapidly. Uh, and within this four-month time frame of it existing from December to now, it's already mutated once. So like you said, the odds of getting a vaccine rapidly may be tough, but the odds of us getting treatments in place known treatments, known preventatives that work, that help through regular study um, are really good. And you don't get that strain because you got the vaccine doesn't mean you can't be a carrier. Like, you can still be a carrier for that strain of the vaccine that you didn't get. You know? Exactly. Um, and, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. They're looking for a miracle vaccine that's going to stop it. And it's like you understand, of course, that even if there's a vaccine and you get it, that doesn't mean you don't carry it. And there you have it, folks. Uh, our Dudes and Beer Call That Moments with our guest, Dr. John Hall. Are you there? Hey, Chris. How are you? Doing fantastic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight to be on our final episode of Dudes and Beer. And I guess really the premiere episode of Curious Realm. This will be going up as like yeah. episode All zero. Right, man. What's, What's up with that? So, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a surprise yeah. twist. <laughs> well, plot twist. As as you just heard, uh, we we just had those dudes and beer called it moments from our many many episodes discussing the coronavirus, and yet still, here we are up against another variant, and a variant that may very well, um, at least from some reports coming out, be pretty resistant to not only the vaccine but to antibiotics to begin with. Mm. Um, kind of like what we said a long time ago. What if it goes super bug, mm. you know, and becomes like the colds and things that we're seeing where, yeah, like even hand sanitizer don't kill them because mm. the hand sanitizer is what caused them. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Well, just... and if you, it's really it's uh, kind of ironic that we're still talking about this a year later. Because mm. remember, we started talking about this on your show when it first started, which yeah. was you know, well before last Christmas, then I actually caught COVID. Yep. My wife and I, my father-in-law had COVID wife. over last Christmas. Mm -hmm. At the time she was second trimester of pregnancy. And then now here we're going into another Christmas and we're still talking about COVID and yet another strain. Yeah. So yeah. And now the good news on the Omicron, at least coming, coming out of Africa, it, it now it does, seem to get past the, you know, at least the current vaccinations that people have gotten, but the symptomology does 
at least what the doctors are reporting is that it's mild. Now, that's not going to stop government overreach. You know, they're they're going to they're going to jump on this to try to shut things down again. I'm sure. That's but the nice thing is that oh, yeah. the the symptomology seems to be mild with it. So, well, and where do you see something like this going right now? I mean, you yourself do a lot of respiratory therapy things like that what what can people do aside from of course vax mask you know things like that what can they do to i guess kind of keep keep themselves their family safe that kind of stuff because well and i think we've we, we talked about this before i mean well early on and you know when this first came out i mean i think we i told you on the show that we probably weren't going to vaccinate our way out of covid and it would be one of those viruses that we're going to have to learn to live with, which yep. is is unfortunate because I can tell you with almost 100% certainty now that this was not a created virus, but it was a manipulated virus. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the thing to, to do is just really, I mean, watch your, your health. They, what they found is that D3 levels, if those are low, that can subject you to it. So make sure you're on your D3 supplementation. Mm -hmm. Get yourself checked. If you have low D3, which is most of the people in the United States, make sure you supplement D3, zinc. Go out and get sunshine, people. Um, mask, ma ma yeah, mask wearing in close contact. Now, you don't need to have a mask when you're outside or you're in the park or in your backyard. If you're in an elevator with 10 other people, probably not a bad idea to have a mask on. Yeah. You know, masks like we wear do not stop small viral particles, you can still catch it with a mask on. That's but right. if somebody's coughing and sneezing, it will cut down on the viral load that you do get. Uh, coming through a mask, so uh, because most people they we do have antiviral masks. There's no way. I mean, we have to wear them in surgery sometimes when we're working on certain viral tumors, and you would not want to be in an antiviral mask all day long. <clears throat> They're yeah. hard to pull air through. Yeah, I mean, you'd be a sweaty mess, you know, wearing it all the time. Yeah. Now vaccines, touchy subject, but I think the vaccine probably does possibly keep you from feel when you do get it is it going to stop you from getting the virus no, no. did it stop you from spreading the virus no now it might keep you from getting a severe or deadly disease you know from getting the virus that they have shown because it's people that have had the vaccine are, aren't dying at the same rate of reinfection with COVID as people that are unvaccinated. So I know there's a lot of, lot of anti-vaxxers out there. I'm not real thrilled about vaccines, especially now that I've got an eight-month-old and I'm seeing the numbers of vaccines they want to give her. I'm questioning a lot of those myself. Sure, sure. I mean, I, but the I data, did the same the thing with my out, kid. Was, you yeah. know, not that I don't want to give them all the vaccines, but do we need to give them eight at once right now? Mm. Can we give them like two or yeah, three and exactly. see what the reaction is and then come back and <laughs> take the others, you know, um, and good on you for asking that. You have to be able to do it that way, but most people don't even stop and ask. Well, I, I was I was lucky that I was able to even ask because uh, I was pretty much like a map on the wall of of like the human knee or something like that in the doctor's office as the father. Um, 
<laughs> there was there was very little interaction between the doctor and myself and very few questions being thrown my way. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, but to to know that, like we said previously, doctor, that uh, you're you're looking at the fact of um, there there is no panacea. There's there's not going to be a silver bullet that we find that gets rid of COVID. Um, this thing multiplies and, and mutates just the same rate that a common cold does. So the odds of being able to catch it are slim. The, the odds of being able to um, have a pill like Merck or something like that is coming out with, which the FDA is trying to push through right now, that can at least treat and alleviate the symptoms you know um i think is a great idea uh i don't i don't know about therapeutic therapeutic go ahead therapeutics is a key because therapeutics is a big key to treating this because and it's funny especially on facebook and on social media you mentioned therapeutics or or treating it with something else besides a vaccine Mm. and you'll just get the wrath brought down on you oh we've got everybody needs to do a vaccine you can't treat it with therapeutics well a vaccine doesn't do you any good if you've got the disease, you know. So, yeah. you know, sure if that. you come into my office and if yeah, if you come into my office and you're coughing and sneezing and have a hundred and four degree fever and you test positive for COVID, vaccination is not really on my high list of priorities of yeah. you know do, doing helping you. I mean that that's where you have to start using some of the therapeutics and and that's D three. That's you know steroid inhalers, you know, dexamethasone injection. Mm. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm early on, ivermectin, there's been 18 different studies that have shown that ivermectin will actually help alleviate the symptomology of um, of early infection. Now, once you're in the hospital struggling to breathe and... Hmm. That's what I had heard. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't now, mean interrupting. Sure. Yeah, it's it, they. It, uh, there's at least eighteen really good studies mm. that have shown that early on that you know it can help. Now, yeah. some of the doses I've been seeing physicians and and online people recommending are probably a little high on the ivermectin because I mean ivermectin yeah. will give you some side effects if you do really high doses. Now, now but, we are we are of um, course talking about people ivermectin like the pe- the pe- Nobel Prize winning not- medication yes. for people called ivermectin. Um don't be going out to the saddle and tack shop, folks, and buying a tube of ivermectin and like trying to shoot it in yourself or anything like that. That, like, if you look on the tube, it actively says, do not administer to livestock you intend to eat. So, uh, not only like, yeah. uh, like, like, it's so powerful that if you give it to livestock you're going to eat, it will poison you. Ooh. I'm glad I saved my receipt to what I'll so. <laughs> no, and that, and Hope that you didn't is, open the tubes, Steve. <laughs> now, on social media, you're right. The minute you say ivermectin, right away, everybody jumps on you and says, oh, my God, you know, that's horse dewormer. Well, we've known that ivermectin has had antiviral properties for quite some time. Yes. Another one is Zithromax. Zithromax is an antibiotic. It's a macrolide antibiotic. Also has antiviral properties. And typically what a lot of people are doing, and a lot of doctors were prescribing, backing off somewhat now because, you know, the the medical board's caving to public pressure, 
you know, are going along with, you know, the common thought that you can't mm. use ivermectin, you've got to push the vaccine. But the problem, like I said, for a physician is when that person comes into your office already sick, you know, a vaccination's neither here nor there. You're you're dealing with active acute COVID. Right. And yeah. then you better start throwing some stuff in there that, you know, has the possibility of working. And there's been plenty of people that have taken human ivermectin at correct dosages along with uh, zinc, uh, elderberry, um, um, Zithromax, you know, and doing it therapeutically to stay out of the hospital. Now, another one that works really well, which I've prescribed a lot, um, is the uh, antibody infusion. Mm. So, I mean, in, in uh, Regeneron. And if you catch that early, I mean, uh, you will, if there's any physicians out there listening, Regeneron does work. As soon as that patient comes in and they're sick with COVID, if they have other risk factors like hypertension, pre-existing lung diseases, diabetes, uh, advanced age, any other symptoms that are you know, or problems that are going to make them susceptible to a worse course of the disease, get them to an infusion clinic for Regeneron. I have written for probably a couple of hundred prescriptions for Regeneron infusion and have kept all of those people out of the hospital. So, Wow. 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 That's that's, a, that's cool. incredible. I have a friend that went to the hospital $95,000. Oh. So Regeneron would have been a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, it would it would and I can give you just an anecdotal study. I have one whole family here in my area that uh the 30-year-old son brought it home. Uh his father, his mother, his sister and his brother-in-law all got it. And I I'm I managed to get. Uh, Sorry there. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So the the whole family got it, and I managed to get three of them to the infusion center in time to get Regeneron. Uh, the other two uh, couldn't get scheduled to get it. Wound up in the hospital on ventilators, and eventually oh. passed away. So oh. everybody in the family that got Regeneron lived. So. Regeneron wow. can be a lifesaver. Uh, it's a mononuclear antibody, and that's and it does work if you catch it early. Wow, and uh, you know when we first had you on, doctor, it was it was for stem cell therapy, and talking about the world of stem cell therapy, things like that. What do you make of the? Uh, the new article that just came out about the Xenobots, the the first living. Oh God! Uh, this is. Whoop, there we go. Uh, the first living robots created from frog stem cells that are self healing and replicating. And, I saw that. That is pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was pretty wild. Like my brother, um, shout out to my brother. I love you, Randy. Miss you. Um, my brother went through recently some incredible stem cell therapy that I will not get into. But the world of stem cell therapy has really, really advanced in the last decade. You know, it, it was once a word that I think um, was used with a... Uh, not an undue amount of precaution because of some of the stem cell things that were going on, but uh, but I think it became a really nasty word in the world of medicine and things like that on people's tongues for a long time and in a bad way. Uh, what 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 do you well, mean? Well, yeah, and I and I and I, 
Go ahead. I think that's because when when stem cell kind of you know I was one of the problem well I was the one of the first people in San Antonio to start doing stem cell mm-hmm. therapy, but I think it's because it got into the hands of a lot of people who saw it as a panacea that they could market as something that cures everything. And and I think I probably told you on some of our shows, you know, the majority of the people that came to me for stem cell therapy, I wound up not even doing stem cell therapy on. It's mm. pretty well-defined margins of what it will help and what it will not help. And um, most of the people that would come to me going, well, you know, I've got arthritis. Well, there's other treatments for that, you know, before you start drawing somebody's bone marrow and getting stem cells and trying yeah. to inject stem cells into an area that there's no room to do it. But for arthritis and the knees and the hips and the shoulders, and I mean, it's I mean, it's a lifesaver for a lot of people. I have one patient that had fractured her, had a tib-fib fracture that wouldn't heal, and her they had tried her on a bunch of different antibiotics, had had multiple surgeries, had cleaned out the wound, had put bone matrix, bone grafts there. She was not regenerating bone. And her last thing, the last time she went to her orthopedic surgeon, he said, well, we're, we're down to a choice of doing a below-the-knee amputation because your leg is not going to heal. Wow. Um, we've got the infection cleared up, but the bone is not growing back together. Wow. So... She came to me as a last resort. She had read about me doing stem cells, and I said, you know what? Before I'd let somebody cut your leg off, I would try the stem cells. So we got her own stem cells under ultrasound guidance and fluoroscopic guidance. We put the stem cells in the area where the, the two bones weren't generating you know, minerals. I put her on a high dose of calcium, immobilized the leg. I told her it was going to be a long duration. And about eight weeks later, she came back in, and there was bone formation um, between both the fibula and the tibia. And she's alive and well and has a perfectly functioning leg today, despite her orthopedic surgeon telling her that it was witchcraft and that she wanted to try it to be a waste of money. And he after and that after she tried that, she could come back and he would chop her leg off. So, wow, wow, what an what an incredible story! Because uh, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, and what one of the other topics that we've had you on regularly about was the opioid crisis. Um, and since since we've had you on, it, like decisions have started coming down through courts, things like that. Uh, and we talked a lot about um, pain management therapy, things like that for people that are on opioids presently. Uh, what what can people do to kind of start weaning themselves off that? And what are some options for folks going through that? Well, first, I'd like to say as a pain management physician, who I've done 20 years of opioid therapy and people that, that need it. Um, I can honestly say in 20 years, I've never had someone overdose on prescription opioids. And, and I've treated people with cancer. I've treated people that have had multiple spine surgeries that has severe nerve damage that were on pretty high doses of prescription opioids because they needed it. And um, never once in 20 years, knock on wood, I've never once had a, had a, a drug overdose. And the interesting thing, if you look at the statistics, prescription opioids are at an all-time low because they came after doctors pretty severely. Yeah. They changed a lot of the rules and the regulations. They changed the what we call morphine equivalency, which means MMEs, um, morphine equivalences. 
no matter what type of opioid you're on, what is its equivalent milligram to milligram to morphine? Mm. And the kind of the number they came up with somehow uh, was that anything over 40 morphine equivalents, which to give you an idea is four 10 milligram hydrocodones a day, that anything more than that puts you at risk for opioid overdose. So that really scared most doctors into prescribing anything stronger. They also reclassified hydrocodone, which is the most common prescribed pain medication, you know, a a Schedule 2. So that means it has to be, used to be put on a triplicate prescription. Now that we're not using triplicates by law, at least in this state, has to be electronically prescribed. So that way the pharmacy, the government, and the physician can monitor who's getting it, if that patient is getting it anywhere else. All of these different restrictions have severely limited the amount of opioids that are being prescribed by physicians legitimately, while on the other end of the spectrum, the opioid crisis and the overdoses have continued to rise. And it's one of the things that I I don't know if I ever mentioned on your radio show, but when people would ask me, well, you know, it's because you doctors are writing these opioids that all these people are overdosing. It never was that. People are overdosing on on synthetic fentanyl that's put into um, counterfeit drugs that they're getting on the street. Yeah. And when you get that Percocet or you get that hydrocodone from a dealer on the street, it's not hydrocodone. And it's not Percocet that's in or oxycodone in that Percocet. Yeah. It's fentanyl that's coming across the border and they're making it there cheaply. And as you can see, since our border is open, I mean, they're literally, they're seizing 50, yeah. 60, 70, 100 pounds at a time oh, of fentanyl. Well, 100 yeah. pounds of fentanyl is enough to kill every person in this country twice yeah. over. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Two, gra- two, two, uh, the size of two grains of salt of fentanyl will kill a grown human being. Um, that's that's an amazingly well, to, small to give you, amount. To, to give you an idea, we have fentanyl was first used uh, as for anesthesia. You know, I've used plenty of fentanyl. You know, on patients. You know, giving them anesthesia. To give you a for instance, if you were to come to me and say, hey, "I'm having back surgery. I need you to do the anesthesia." To do a like two hour, three hour back surgery, you may get fifty or sixty micrograms of fentanyl IV to relieve the pain while you're having spine surgery. Micrograms. What you're getting in a tablet of uh, counterfeit hydrocodone or Percocet may be one or two milligrams. Yeah. You know, and and we're talking about fentanyl, which is about a thousand times the potency of morphine, milligram to milligram. Yeah. So. Man, you're going to burn your brain out for sure with that. Oh, oh, well, uh, not just your brain. I mean, uh, that's that's just it. It's um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. Our our uh, listener, Ryan Milios, just posted up. uh, They're using pulsating electronic frequencies to heal bones now and yeah they've been using technology like that um sound healing technology in burn wards um that kind of stuff and uh, you know oddly enough as a great segue that is one of the main things that we typically have you on talking about is stuff like your book guinea pigs technologies of control and Things like Havana syndrome and microwave weaponry, um, electronic harassment technology. And there was actually just a, a big thing that came out about Havana syndrome just the other day. There's big stuff coming out about Havana syndrome More every than once. day. Right. Because now, because, 
because now we're in a media war about whether it's real or not. Just like the targeted individuals, people that have been experimented on with this technology for years, they've always wanted, and I've always asked, they've always asked me, well, why don't you go to the media? Why don't you, you know, get on the news and tell everybody about this? Well, the media doesn't want to cover it. And, uh, and if you look right now, you, you have a few media sources that are actually giving Havana syndrome a pretty fair shake. And then you've got an equal number of media sources that are pulling out every psychologist they can find to come on board and on, and whether show to call it mass hysteria well they called it mass hysteria early on when a lot of the targeted individuals started coming out in public yeah well now we've got government workers cia agents fbi agents state department workers diplomats from different areas of the country and they're still coming out these same apologists still coming out well this is obvious mass hysteria you know and then we had jason's come the jason group came forward and said well it's you know this cricket you know from cuba well that cricket's not in you know kurzistan it's not in russia it's not in china you know and then they were trying to say it was the the chemical that they were using to spray the insecticide in the thing but it's the same chemical it's permethrin it's the yep. same chemical that we've been using as farmers and been using in our kitchens it's kitchen safe poison yeah. that we've all been using and then we're not all having havana syndrome so i mean it's you know when when people who are unfamiliar with this topic read it on the news they need to kind of take it with a grain of salt that most of the people that they're going to for comments on it are not weapons experts in electronic warfare well and the article that i just brought up is actually out of our knowledge vault and it is the it is the case study that was done by o'keefe heron and heron and dagnall and Drinkwater talking about the the haunted people syndrome you know it's like it's absolutely insane um to to go through and say that people are suffering a mass hallucination or anything like that with this stuff it is it has been shown that it exists that it's that it's regular that it happens um and yeah apparently like right now facebook is crushing our stream um and blurring all kinds of stuff it's great uh so well, uh, and that, and, uh, that are, and that and that and that are Oh yeah, and the article in the yard. Yeah, well, that's because we said ivermectin. Yep. The article you uh, yeah, just you just referred to was actually based on my book. So yeah, um, books. Yeah, so that was books. You know, yeah, so I don't. I I I guess if they've made any money off that, I should probably sue. Uh, yeah. Well, so. well, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I I don't know if you've actively gone through and read the study, but it's one of those like. Um, they base it all off the concept of poltergeist and and what these people yeah, are experiencing. It's paranormal. Like, wait a minute, you're you're using the paranormal as an explanatory basis to explain this phenomena away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is laughable in and of itself. That's why I'm laughing, um, because you're you can't say that he has spectral evidence when you're using spectral evidence to prove the spectral evidence um 
just doesn't work that way. Mm. Uh, and, so, and whenever you've got, you know, the, the articles coming out from Guardian, things like that, uh, Havana Syndrome, FBI warns staff amid reports of symptoms amongst agents. Uh, this is just within the last week. This was the, the 25th of November that that article came out in The Guardian. So... This well, is and there's articles situation. coming out every day. That, there's articles coming out every day that some are, you know, like I said, they'll pull, you know, a psychologist or, you know, yeah. a psychiatrist. You know, like, as a matter of fact, Tucker Carlson, you know, which I thought he would know better, actually had did a show on it a couple of weeks ago and pulled a psychologist out of Australia or somewhere who, again, uh, had written an article for Psychology Today who said that this is one person was probably under stress and started having these symptoms, and now it's working like mass hysteria where all of these other diplomatic workers who are under similar stress are complaining of the same thing. And then right. there was an article right. that just came out you know, a couple of days ago saying that this is basically all an act on the part of our government mm. to help yeah. create Russia, Russia as a boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was what Putin was saying, was that these Havana syndrome claims and stuff were um, mm. spook tactics to to say that we were attacking people or that, you know, they were attacking people, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, when, when in fact, we're, gener we're generally projecting when those things, they say those things. Sure, sure. But, uh, but the yeah. funny thing is, since I don't know, 1968 to the early 70s, we've been using microwave activated bugging devices in mm -hmm. embassies and stuff like right. that across the world for yeah. years. Mm -hmm. You know, for like since before I was born. And that's just a passive microphone that's, you know, in the back of a painting, in the frame of a painting, whatever, that all you have to do is hit it with microwave bursts and that powers the transmitter yep. mm -hmm. and and gets it going. And there's there's no laser, there's no wires, there's mm -hmm. nothing. Um, so, yeah, like even, even that you would be exposing people to a specific range of microwave energy on the regs. That's mm -hmm. So. Well, and the bottom line is, I mean, it, it, the the technology did get its it, its origin is Russian sure. or Soviet. Um, that um, the the main guy that invented a lot of this was Igor Smirnov. Now, when he passed away, his wife started looking for the highest bidder because the, the Soviet Union had fell, so she was able to do that. And it and it was a Western um, military contractor that bought the rights to the Smirnov. Technology. By the way, Smirnov was the guy that came over during the um, Waco Branch Davidian crisis when the FBI wanted to use that technology to put the voice of God mm -hmm. in David Koresh's head to try to get him yep. to surrender. The only reason they didn't is the technology wasn't compatible with our FBI computers, and Ru the Russians weren't going to let us use their computers, just their software. So, I mean, they wound up not using it, and that's not. You know, just my opinion, that was actually printed in Newsweek at the time when they um, were, were looking to use that on David Koresh. So, yeah. you know, I don't know exactly what year that was, but it's been some time ago. And the technology has been perfected since then. It's certainly been perfected by our government. Yeah. And that's the whole conundrum with Havana syndrome is for either any one of these big industrial nations to actually, they know exactly what it is. They didn't have to run these people through a bunch of testing. They knew what it was, no. but 
for any one of these governments to admit to it, then they all have to admit to it. Mm -hmm. And this technology is so invasive and so intrusive that people just absolutely wouldn't accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We just had a listener and and regular contributor to the group, Gene Krause. Thank you so much, Gene. Um, Ask, does Dr. John Hall agree that this is a form of terrorism targeting its own citizens? Yes. Yes. As a a matter of fact, that was part of the title of my first book. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it really is. It's we've had uh, we actually have a special message uh, here at the end before my emulation from our good friend and guest, uh, Robert Duncan. Um, but we just recently had him on talking about the concept of a firewall for the human mind. The fact that right now uh, there 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 are laws being brought before Congress about advertisement and dreams. Mm. Um, because they actively have the technology not only to record your dreams and play them back for you. I've heard that too. uh, But they actively have the technology to insert things into your dreams with a dependable result. Mm. That's messed up stuff. So, yeah, imagine just like, you know, drinking Coke. Slowly programming us. Um, <laughs> Maybe not even slowly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it, it really is that, that matrix concept of, you know, um, at, at what point does, does it become invasion? You know, and and at what point does um, the t- because you I can only well, you know, believe it or not, legally right. for these people, yes, it is, it is because there is no law, and we oh, talk about this all yep. the time oh, with Doctor John Hall. There is no law that prevents the U.S. government from experimenting upon the citizenry. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. Because technology progressed beyond the laws. So there's no laws written. You're talking about private contractors. You're talking about people signing on for things that, sure, government funded. Like, good God, it came out in, like, 2013 that the state of New York was, like, (laughs) testing diesel fumes on six-year-olds. Like, stick them in rooms full of diesel fumes to see what what the long-term effects were. You know, it's like, wow. Pretty sure we know what the long-term effects mm. of fumes are. Yeah, they're so curious. Um, uh, you know, so, yeah. But this was, like, government-funded through private contractors. Oh, wait, so it took digging for it to come out. Right, right. That's but just one of hundreds. There, was, not a, there, there is no legal recourse for these children. And much like it is with uh, human trafficking, Billy, where the actual people being trafficked are held responsible in court for their own trafficking yep. and given charges. Well, and that's and it's, and it's the same thing with targets. When yeah. somebody calls the police or they, or they try to start a lawsuit based on their targeting, well, then it's left up to them to prove what they're being targeted with. Well, you know, that's top secret technology, and it's, you know, it's being done via satellite and via, you know, cell phone towers and everything else. So it's it's waves that you can't see. And even if you bring somebody in and you analyze them, they'll tell you, well, you know, there is some odd waves coming around your house. Almost all of them will get that that report. Well, then you still got to prove that it's actually some type of wave that's harming you, which is just about impossible to do. And a lawyer will tell you that. 
The problem with targeting is there's nothing tangible to take in front of a judge and you don't know who to accuse of doing it. So, I mean, it's, and that's, you know, what unfortunately makes a lot of targeted individuals really angry is the more you reach out, or I guess the more you do Google searches and try to figure out who may be doing it, it's kind of like a a big circle that you're being being put in where you really, well, is it the CIA? Is it the NSA? Is it a private contractor? Is it a PI group? Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you because I spent a lot of money basically counter surveilling the people that were doing it to my fiance. And it was a former FBI guy and his son, who was a former DOD official that were running a private investigative company. And I think probably in most major cities, it's probably being farmed out, contracted out to private investigators, because that way it's not actually a CIA agent that's creeping around and doing the stalking and, sure. you know, doing the targeting. It's, it's, it's a private contractor almost always. Um, but that's the the whole problem with this type of technology is that it really is hard to prove. And it's like you mentioned with trafficking. They get these kids that have been trafficked, and then they have to explain why they were trafficked and who trafficked them and what the technology was used to do it. And the burden is almost always on the victim, you know, for bringing forth the complaint. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Like you got to you got to know that you're being targeted and you got to you got to be able to know what to do about it. And I've had you were one of the many, many, many uh, pivotal guests that we had on the show, uh, Dr. John Hall, where after it was the week after you appeared that I got my first email from a targeted individual in Israel that was telling me about how their government was targeting them how they had physical symptoms, all kinds of things. Um, and it was a couple pages of very, very harrowing personal testimony. And easily, every time I have you or Robert Duncan on talking about this topic, I get two or three. We just got a couple the other day. And it's... It's heart-wrenching to know that these people are suffering, these people are going through something, and when they bring it to a, a normal health care provider, a, a doctor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, um, that they're quite literally told that they are crazy. Um, even, even the people with Havana syndrome have been told up till now that they were crazy. They didn't even a, a, attempt to admit that this thing existed for the last two years well and the one the, and, and and the one victim that really is fighting back on that is the CIA agent Mark Polymeropoulos he actually is you know he's he's addressed some of these people that are calling it mass hysteria um, because yeah. he knows he he was victimized pretty badly and has been speaking out probably against a gag order because mm. uh, most of the other victims have been have been gag ordered but yeah. what's interesting I think it is actually a godsend that these people have came out in public and are acknowledging that they have Havana syndrome because I think it will have beneficial effects on the yeah. fight that we've been in for well over a decade now as far as the targeting. But you're right. I mean, they're, they're even their own employees, they're trying to brush it off as, as mental illness or mass hysteria or some type of a psychogenic response yeah. rather than actually it, it, admit the truth. And if you notice, even the press, they'll talk about the people and the diplomats having Havana syndrome and even 
some of the press that talks about it probably being a real thing and you know that they're really being you know targeted by microwaves they're not bringing up the thousands of people in the United States have been have been complaining about this for several years now that were the results of experimentation yeah and the reason they're not is because if you're going to blame this on a country besides our own then it needs to look like certain people are being targeted you know you know as kind of an act of war now if they bring out the fact that well for the last 20 years we've had thousands upon thousands of people complaining about it here then you've got to admit that the united states is experimenting on its own people so. yeah yeah and, and and you got to be ready to admit that like you got to be you got to be okay with saying yes well i mean past behavior is the best indicator of future yeah indicator yeah. which it, right now would be current well it's, you know, it's indicator it's like we say on the show regularly i would challenge you and and i'll like go i'll i'll put some hold music on and go make some popcorn while you try to find me the testimony before congress or senate in house any of them where uh the cia has actively told the truth um, yeah no kidding where where <laughs> they've been called before congress and been like okay so what's happening and they tell a story and then like 10 years later it comes out like people said mk ultra was a lie and it was the talk of crazy people like timothy leary and crap like that mm -hmm. until we had the wormwood trials mm -hmm. you know till till we found out that no that actually happened Mm -hmm. Like we we actively dosed a bunch of people mm -hmm. with psycho hard 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 psychedelics like whole towns in Canada mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's unbelievable what we do to each other. Yeah. Just yeah. Just well, and that's and that's why we're ultimately we're going to need to put elect and and Robert Duncan and I great friends. We come at this at two different ways mm -hmm. you know i kind of look more at the political spectrum of it and the medical spectrum he looks at the the physics of it and i know there's a lot of people out there looking for ways to block it you know looking to ways to manipulate the signals to make yeah. it less harmful yeah Ult in my mind ultimately the the solution is going to be political and we're going to need to put people in office that are willing to have another church committee or yep. another rockefeller commission to bring it to light and that's you know because once it's common knowledge, once the government says, yes, we have the technology to manipulate your mind, we have the technology to put thoughts or voices in your head, yeah. you know, it, it, the reason it hasn't happened, it's going to turn the medical community upside down. It's going to turn society upside down because now you know that your last bastion of privacy is, is gone. That if somebody wants to target you, they can hear your thoughts. And that, you know, and they can communicate with you the thoughts. If you're praying, someone can hear your prayers. That when privacy of thought is gone, yeah. that will change society for the worse. Yeah, Billy Joe Kane here had a question for you, Doctor. So, um, sure. So my question is this: uh, when you have Starlink and or Starlink and five G and six six G coming out, et cetera, um, how does that play into this? Well, I mean, any any newer technologies they're going to take advantage of in that regard. Now, 20 years ago when this first started, my personal belief, and this is after talking to several CIA agents current that were willing to talk to me when I was writing my first book, pretty much all agreed that this was all satellite-based. And if you remember, even Noriega complained of being targeted yep. mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. at the time. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure yeah, and, um, I'm trying to find the, find the tie into Starlink, but I mean, it's okay. I'm just, 
I'm excited hearing what you got to say. Yeah, well, but I mean, now that we've got other technology, the 5G especially, yeah. you know, there's a 5G tower, you know, every hundred feet in an urban area. So, I mean, it it will rapidly become to a point where they won't even probably have to use satellites to do it um, because satellites yeah. require upkeep. And, you know, one of, the, one of the most interesting things I ever got asked, uh, you know, by an interviewer was saying, well, you know, why would somebody spend literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to to follow somebody by satellite. And I'm like, it doesn't cost hundreds of millions of dollars to follow somebody by satellite. That satellite's lost with your tax dollars and anyone just about, I mean, there's, I mean, I can put a satellite tracker now there, you know, yeah. with a little Apple air use Wi-Fi yeah. or, yeah. you know, you the can tags. rent time on satellites. Yeah. You can rent time if you want to, like if you want to go explore the plains of Egypt and take some high res pictures, you can, you can rent a satellite for an hour to do that as it passes. Satellite over. surveillance is wow. the most inexpensive way to track something. Yep. Yep. And, and as we talk about regularly, uh, this is a prime time for us actually to connect with investigator Mike Turber from five by five news, because he is one of the people that we talk about regularly. Uh, in regards to stuff like Hubble um, being an original spy platform, mm -hmm. things like that. And how, like, if you remember when Hubble launched, it was it was oddly nearsighted. And they had to go up and replace right. the mirror. And, and for some reason, they had, like, like two backup mirrors chilling down on Earth. Right, right. Of, like, these ultra-rare mirrors. <laughs> and you're like... How, how do we just have these extra mirrors kicking right. around? Like, I remember being in junior high and thinking, like, wow, they they fixed that really, really right. fast. It was computer generated. I remember like, that. They okay. had the computer models ready to go. And so, yeah. I, I always thought about it as if, like, what, what if that thing spun, spun around and was at the Earth? Like what it would be. Oh, well, well, yeah. and that's just it. That, that's our man. That that Mike Turber, welcome to the show. That's exactly hey, what buddy. we talk about regularly. Is that what it a was originally segue. a spy platform? <laughs> exactly. Uh, let me give you a story on those two mirrors. What actually they were were two complete satellites. Yes. If you take a look at the Hubble telescope and compare it. <laughs> To the Keenan satellites or the Crystal satellites, which is what they're called now, the KH-11 series, those satellites are very, very similar to what the Hubble is. And they're very similar for the reason that the same manufacturer made them. The reason, part of the reason why the Hubble was nearsighted was because they ground the mirror to the same specs or similar specs to what they would a Keenan, which aims the cameras or aim the, the lens at the, at the ground only a few hundred miles away. So that was part of the problem. So what NASA did, um, uh, or what NASA received back a few years ago, the National Reconnaissance Office decided to, you know, we got two of these just laying around, not really doing anything. Let's extend some Hubble life here since the James Webb Space Telescope isn't up yet. And yeah. they gifted, they gave NASA two Hubble telescopes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got that up from so America Space right now, talking about the top secret KH-11 spy satellite uh, given given to the NRO. And, you know, I've, I've wanted to have you and John Hall on for a while together mm -hmm. to talk about the idea of targeted individuals and the idea of targeting technology, because mm -hmm. so I think so few people are sadly oh. unaware of how commonly available this stuff is. It just came out yeah. um, this last week that they have now developed uh, 
surface mount cameras that are the size of a grain of salt. Yeah, I saw that. A yeah. full HD camera the size of a grain of salt. What? Amazing. Um, and when you're when you're talking what about like that? drone technology <laughs> that is the size of a fly and how long things that like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, exactly. These things are around for years before we hear about right, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, stuff right there. So, yeah, you know, to be to go to DARPA and just go into their playroom, they have they have what's called the open catalog, which any scientifically related person or any scientist or any any person that just has a you know propensity to do that stuff, they actually would just they'll interview you, talk to you, kind of look at your history and stuff like this, and they'll bring you on board into the open catalog. And the open catalog is pretty cool. It's just what it means. It means open source, basically, where they give you software or they give you preview to hardware that they're working on that is an amazing thing i i would say each everyone on this uh podcast here you might want to try to join that remember it's called open catalog for darpa now darpa also has if they have an open catalog they also have a closed catalog how did you get that oh my god you guys are amazing um but yeah so they have the, the closed catalog too and that that basically is for Really, really uh, hush hush kind of stuff that that, uh, that I may tell you about right now. Um, you guys are talking about the targeted uh, satellites targeting individuals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. To get that to work, I don't know. I, I I listened to the show maybe the last fifteen minutes. I don't know if it was discussed before, but to get that to work, what they do, or what well, we'll just say what they're believed to do. <laughs> damn it, um, is the individual that's targeted has to have something in their body to react to whatever the sig- the signal is that they're that they're receiving. I can't say from where. Sure. So it doesn't matter if it's terrestrial or if it's in space or wherever the signal comes from. It'll it'll it has to resonate with a certain isotope or whatever it is that is in that person's body to have it activate. That's the only way you can target an individual. Otherwise, you're going to get bleed over, and the person standing next to them is going to get it. Uh, you know, and then they're going to have a way to trace this stuff. Um, so what they have figured out a way to do, other than just melting them with a laser, is to is to target them. So they'll someone has to get close to the to the individual and either feed them or drop something in their food or whatever it is, and then later on that person dies of a serious illness, and we don't know any different. Sure, sure. Even an implant. I mean, hey, all well, you would need is an implant the size well, of a that's, hair. It, and that's ex- mm-hmm. that's exactly the way the targeting is done. When you when yep. you interview these targeted individuals long before they start having any electronic or Havana syndrome type symptoms, every one of them will complain of stalking, in person stalking. And this this is extreme stalking. It's organized stalking. I mean, there's people at your house, people around your door, people around your work, people following you in your car. And when you first hear some of these stories, even as a physician, when you first hear them, you go, well, you know, this has to be mental illness because I like CEOs or political people or there's – there would be no reason to stalk until you start seeing, well, until I saw it happen with my own fiance, where she had teams of former FBI people working as private investigators following her wherever she went. And they yeah. were breaking in and they were tampering with her food and they yeah. were, were yeah. getting, you know, some type of isotope in her. Now, I will tell you that many of the target individuals have gone to great lengths to do MRIs looking for, yeah. you know, a chip. 
you know that yeah. you know the thinking being that to be targeted by satellite like you said you have to have mm. some type of transponder i guess you would say you right. know in you that it can pick up on but obviously this is being done another way and i think the yeah. stalking is to get your biometrics and uh, if you talk to Duncan and some of the people that have worked on this, that once you get someone's biometrics and you get their particular EEG, which can be captured remotely from a distance, that some of that targeting can be done directly to the EEG or to the genes themselves because everybody's DNA oscillates at a different frequency when stimulated as well. Yeah. Yeah. They tune into your own body's frequency, kind of, right? Yeah, 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 precisely. They're using your own resonant, your your unique yeah. resonant frequency to not only, exactly. like Dr. John Hall was just saying, be able to, at a distance, heterodyne your EEG in your brain waves. But the frequency of love is 528. Uh, according to Dr. Leonard, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Now we now we did we did MRI some people that we did find chips in. Mm, you know, yeah. we found Vera chips in 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 several people, but not in the numbers. And I mean, and some of these target individuals aren't destitute. Some of them have plenty of money, and they went to great lengths to get full body three Tesla MRIs, and CT scans, and but a good wow. a good point was Bob Boyce, the inventor in Georgia. You know, detected a lump on the side of his shoulder, and it was a Vera mm-hmm. chip, and the ID number on the Vera chip did trace back to the NSA. Yep. <laughs> they left the serial number wow. on it. <laughs> wow. You know, so funny is it, there's an office in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where UPS is based. Um, inside UPS, and this is, you guys can look this up. Inside UPS's facility is a specific office. It's held by the NSA. They won't obviously acknowledge it. And, you know, people tell me, you're, d- you're divulging national secrets or whatever. Some of these I don't really care because I've seen part of them leaked before. I'm just putting pieces of the puzzle together, which I'll get in trouble. Who cares? But anyway, so in Louisville, Kentucky, the UPS is next day air uh, location. That's where all your air shipments go through there. Even if you're shipping, you know, in state, it still goes to Louisville, Kentucky. So all the packages that get rerouted um, to certain individuals, if they order a computer or a phone or something like that, get rerouted to this office. And they take that in there, and that's where they, uh, you know, basically either plant uh, the clone phone. Or they use the um, uh, the Cellbrite, which is a device that uh, that I have. It's um, from Israel. It's uh, made by Cellbrite, and it copies a phone, and then you can add in your own code right away and make that phone do whatever you, whatever you wanted to do. Um, which is gets pretty interesting. But th- but that level there is low level. Oh yeah. yeah. That's like- that's like entry level stuff. That's like yes. baby stuff. Zero I got, I got right here in my hand my two hundred dollar kit. That I, I modded out, you know, and the way I do, put it in a nice case. But this is my parabolic speaker. Oh, See, there you go. This right here is what's called an audio spotlight. So I can broadcast a message, let's say to my neighbors mm-hmm. 50 feet away, directly to their patio. Yep. That says, please there. turn your music down. Now that's terrorism, Chris. Um, <laughs> and if they, Domestic move, if, they move out, if they move outside of their patio area, they will not hear it. This this technology is used in museums across the world where right. you go up and walk in front of a painting by Claude yeah. Monet yeah. and you hear the history. Right. You walk in front yeah. of the next one and you yeah. don't hear about Monet. Now you hear about Rodin. Um, you know, stuff they, they, like that. The day in um, the, the House of Representatives and the Senate, they, they were in the, I believe, in the same building at, at one point in time. Mm. 
if you look at the the street layout back in the say 17 1800s or whatever it is even up to this very day you'll see two specific desks at two specific focal points of the ceiling inside the dome of yeah. each of those those facilities so if you, if you ever do a tour of washington you'll actually see this for yourself so a person sitting at one chair can talk to another person that's say 100 feet away just by aiming their voice at a certain direction no yeah. one else can hear you except the other person yeah cool. and uh, we've had a few comments here uh scott Ertz from the amazing show plug hits live if you're a tech nerd folks go out there and listen to plug hits live and ref- f5 refreshing refreshing technology amazing stuff he's always got his pulse on stuff and he's uh he's commenting about how he was just reading a story about them doing research about people doing research about putting ads in your dreams and then we had two listeners um talking about how uh ti's can also have their the images from their eyes recorded um and uh, there there is fully technology that is out there in japan that they've already released saying that they can record and play back your dreams mm-hmm. um i've got it up for mind hacks right now um oh there it is uh technology to see what? through other people's eyes um what? What? Yeah, I think so, my brain straight into Pornhub, and I'd make some money on that. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know if I oh, want to see man. your browser. <laughs> yeah, dude. that's awesome. Well, <laughs> and you got to remember everything that you're everything that comes through the lenses of your eyes gets processed in the visual centers of the brain. That's right, and yep. that's where you can use evoke potential monitoring, where you can if you can pull that electronic signal out of that part of the brain and decode it, then you are going to get a visual of whatever is coming in through the lenses of the eyes. And the only way to circumvent that is to make make believe you're seeing something besides what's actually coming in through the lens because you're that's using the same part of your brain so if you're looking at the tv and then you start basically make believing that you're seeing a giant tyrannosaurus t-rex then what you're actually going to decode onto that visual part of the brain is tyrannosaurus Mm -hmm. rex so, yeah, you just take yeah. LSD. How's that work? Well, what did that do? Well, and <laughs> now, and now, granted, in the in the in the new incarnation, I am I am working on getting uh, Dennis Terrence McKenna's little brother on, what? who is also in the world of psychoactive research. But there has been a lot of research done. Uh, once again, you go back to MK Ultra, things like that. These first programs that were used to tap into the brain and help control the brain. I mean, hell, one of my dream interviews is Sirhan Sirhan, and he's oh. out. He has been released. Right, right. And yep. as of, I think it was two or three years ago, Robert Kennedy went and sat for three hours with Sirhan Sirhan and Imagine came out that. and said, I believe him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I believe that this man does not have any recollection of what his actions were and that he was triggered by something else. Right. He can't be having um, too many interview requests right now. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Seen, I've only seen one. That ABC special. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that you also would immediately upon release have like 18 different handlers trying to get a hold of you you know and and publicity uh type folks you know Mm. uh public relations 
all that kind of stuff. Geraldo, even, yeah. Um, now, uh, I, I just had a TI and listener ask, uh, how do they make him feel their presence? Like, um, because it, that's definitely something that is TI, targeted individual. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm doing that to at least protect his identity on other platforms other than where he is responding right now. Um, because I definitely don't want him targeted more because of listening to my show. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mike Turber has seen my results, as has Dr. John Hall, where <laughs> typically our listens, whenever you go geographically after having these guys on, tend to focus around the Virginia area. There's a whole lot of listening coming from there. And, you know, well, but how is it that that's a regularly reported sensation by TIs? The fact that, like, somebody is it, like, they can feel when that has been turned on almost mm. it's like they have the well, presence of something actually, else in the room with them that's called the sentinel being effect and that's a result of extremely low frequency waves mm. and um that's been researched you know almost to death uh, matter of fact there's one particular researcher laurentian who has spent his whole life researching the effects of elf waves on human beings and one of the first things that he discovered was the sentinel being effect and that's when your bombard brain is bombarded with extremely low frequency waves that you have the sensation that you're that god is in the room or mm. you know some something of the occult or mm -hmm. another sentinel being is in the room actually watching you and which is ironic because one of the things that we discovered a long time ago is when you have seismic activity, mm -hmm. the Earth itself releases a lot of extremely low frequency waves, and there are clusters of UFO sightings around seismic mm -hmm. activity. And one of the theories is that the amount of ELF that people are being bombarded with causes them to possibly hallucinate, you know, yeah. see and feel sure. things. But, but yeah. that, 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 that is a, that, that's yeah. a, a yeah, and I mean, even even the uh, the the controversial device that could make you feel the presence of a higher power, the God helmet, like this was come up with God. by MIT and stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's literally like a little football well, helmet it, that you wear. I've got all the I've got all the electrodes and stuff like that to build my own version here at the house. Um, <laughs> well, and that, and that was Michael Persinger that did that yeah. research. And by the way. That was 20 years ago, and he said that he could control every mind on the planet using ELF. Yeah. That's a, a quote. Yeah. Well, and can you tell him to please stop so I can get some work done? <laughs> yeah. Make some progress, waking up the people. And, and yeah, you know, there's there's many, many people uh, chiming in about things like like hearing crickets, stuff like that. That was yeah. that was the that's, complaint of the Havana syndrome people. Problem. That's about it. You know, that's um, like, that's I have tinnitus and that's exactly what it sounds like. There are times like when I was in California, I was like, wow, there's the crickets are almost as loud out here as they are in Florida. And come mm. to find out my tinnitus. Sounds like crickets. Uh, William Shatner has the, the the Bill Shatner has the same yeah. the same thing. So that, that's one thing. It's it's kind of interesting to find someone else because I had it, never knew what it was because I, I thought it was normal. Just like uh, you know, I had um, 
uh, with this thing with milk, um, whatever it is, uh, you know, we can't have milk and milk products or else everyone around you is going to know. But, um, anyway, so the tinnitus over a period of time, I thought it was just normal and come to find out when I did a hearing test, uh, when going in the air force, that's when they came out and they, they told me that I had tinnitus because a certain frequency that I, I was listening to, I, I was already hearing yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was kind of weird, but yeah. Now, Well, you know, an interesting thing is some of the studies we did on targeted individuals, people who claim to be targeted or electronically harassed also have tinnitus at a 300% increased rate than the general public. Wow. Wow. And and almost always the initial complaint is tinnitus that slowly degrades into, you know, kind of hearing voice patterning like you would mm-hmm. hear on an AM radio that's slightly out of tune until mm-hmm. finally the, the the voice has become completely audible audible and and conversational so. yeah I you know I used to work at the I used to work at the Austin State Hospital and what you're describing sounds so much like um, the patients that we used to have there. It's it scares the hell out of me. Just are they diagnosed that. schizophrenic at that point? Yeah, or? we had yeah we had a few of them, and the the diagnosis of schizophrenic usually means there's no chance you have to get breaking out of that. Right. So it, no. I'm, I'm just fascinated that it's it sounds like the same thing, but these people just kind of get stuck in. Well, it. and I think it was I I'm pretty sure it was designed. The technology was designed to look that way because you're right. Schizophrenia schizophrenic has they they will get better on. On meds, but other than that, there's you're right. There's no cure for it. And psychotherapy is really about the only treatment, and the meds do help a little bit. But even when these people are put on meds, they're doped up on meds, but they're still hearing voices. They're still being stalked, yeah. and they're still being zapped with directed energy, kind of like the Havana syndrome people are. Um, and, and and we do have targeted individuals that have been targeted for years, and then all of a sudden they're better, and it goes away because they're people stop targeting them it's not that their schizophrenia all of a sudden became cured at 50 years old because schizophrenia yeah. only gets worse as you age right so Mike, is there a ahead. pattern that you've noticed um any pattern that you've noticed of people uh becoming schizophrenic or or something similar some form of dementia and those particular people were known to hold on to some rather uh, disparaging secrets, um, U.S. government, national security secrets, things like that. Um, because I've, I don't want to think I've noticed a pattern unless someone else has actually done a study on it, and it really is true. Where um, you know, some of these individuals that, that have these secrets that might be possibly wanting to leak or do a deathbed confession or something like mm-hmm. that, and they end up getting some form of dementia or uh, Alzheimer's or whatever. Is, and if you're going to target someone with one of those diseases, how deplorable that would be. But I can see where someone could would want to use that as a tool to, to keep that information either quiet or if they do say something, they'll be labeled as crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vets or CIA or NSA. Oh, yeah, I, I, can, I, I can tell you I've had a number of former NSA, former CIA, former National Reconnaissance mm-hmm. Office people come to me as targeted victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that reminds me of Aaron Alexa. That's what I was just about to say. You know, that is I, the case that we bring up time and time again whenever I have we a have crazy John Hall question. On. Go what? ahead. I mean, this may not be the time for it, but it's like, what can you do? What? 
You know, I mean, people talk about the tinfoil hat, which usually means that maybe that's the right solution. That would actively <laughs> amplify. Yeah, no, I don't know what the right answer. If, I, if I mean, you like remember, I know. if you remember your 1980s click clack TV technology, what did you do to make the antenna better? You put tinfoil yeah. on it. <laughs> Right. These are to all great. To increase the reception. That's so don't go off putting a tinfoil hat on, folks. This makes it work. Whatever you do. <laughs> Not only that, I, mean, uh, I don't know actually, about y'all, but sorry, I live in I Texas. That I, would just I feel be like straight I, hot. I totally ruined the mood. But. No, no, no. But that, that, that's always, you know me, man. That's always what I ask you about human trafficking. What can targeted individuals do yeah, well, can to start? Not put on tenfold hats. <laughs> definitely, yeah, yes. definitely the wrong way to go. targeted individuals where we did do studies with targeted individuals where we took them and put them in um, anechoic chambers. Mm. And if you put them in a research chamber that truly blocks out every type of wave coming in, they do have a sensation of being better, and a lot of the symptomology stops. Now, the problem with that is you can't walk around in society and you know mm-hmm. in a in yeah. a you know suit that blocks you know every way for one you would burn up and for two then that would just pretty much drive the nail in the board that you're nuts so but you know which would is, go nuts you know, because of that too possibly well in this technology it is designed to discredit people because when yeah. you turn to your loved ones and you turn to your doctor and you say well you know i'm 40 years old you know i'm successful Last week, you know, I noticed people following me, and now two months later, you know, not only have I, am I being stalked, but now it's I, mm-hmm. I hear somebody talking to me in my head, and it's not my yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, almost always we, the next step is a recommendation of a psychiatric and, psychiatric evaluation, yeah, and they're not going to look into this technology, and they're <laughs> not going to look at all the papers yeah. you bring in from your Google search. They're going to diagnose you well, as psychotic. And not too long ago, we Especially. covered the case right. of of the person that was an absolute average dude. You went and looked on his Facebook profile. He was like a monster truck builder. He went out rock climbing with his friends in monster trucks and stuff yeah. like that. And then one day, everything turned on a dime. Mm. And he started talking about people following him mm-hmm. and he started talking about hearing things and he started talking about like, if they don't leave me alone, I'm telling you, this is going to go- reach a boiling point. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we had did. was audio of him in a standoff with the sheriffs. The sheriffs actually saying, "If it, tell me what kind of phone you have. Maybe I can help you. <laughs> that was the mind blowing part. Was the sheriff being like actually, the negotiator, I, I, being like, "Tell me what I've heard of this what before." The, yeah. Huh. What the deputy told him, he said, "He said, give me your phone and I'll show you how it's being done." Yep. Yeah. Is what he said. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then the Thank next you, thing you guy. heard was like Thank him guy. him talking about him you just won't leave me alone. You, you, you mm-hmm. they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until, and then it was bam, 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 yeah. bam. It was just shots after that. Oh. And the whole situation they ended. But this was, they didn't want to die. it was, wow. It was, it was intense audio to listen to. And when you hear somebody 
who when you go and see their social profile and when you go and see their regular everyday habits and then they just change like that. Um, that, That is exactly the technology that, yes, we used against Noriega trying to drive him out, that we used against the Branch Davidians, that we tried using Mm -hmm. against Ruby Ridge, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, where where it's Mm -hmm. a psychic driving principle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. and they, they tried to do that a long time ago. I, 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 I know Doctor Hal put off, or not mm. knowing like on a day to day basis, but I talked to him, and he, you know, back when SRI was was his thing, and they were doing a lot of the experiments with Yuri Geller and, and some other people, and one remote of viewing and stuff like remote that, remote viewing and, and what I call projections. Um, the, the term is, I don't think it's universal, but I call it projecting where you project thoughts into, um, other people's minds. And that was one of the things that they were trying to accomplish. The CIA has this, this division called the SAD, which is, which is now a new name, but it was called the special activities division. And that was the division that was assigned for assassinations or for high level manipulation attempts on various foreign dignitaries and stuff like that. Um, and uh, unfortunately I took over their phone number. So now I get their calls. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Two Oh two six three zero four two seven two. If you look that up, you'll actually see it belongs to CIA and it belongs to me. <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny. So a lot of people think I'm CIA. So I'm like, okay, great. Was the that random or did you actually figure out how to do that? Um, well, what happened was they, they let the a number special lapse. set of skills. They let it <laughs> lapse, just like Facebook. <laughs> Facebook let their yeah. URL lapse or something. Yeah. Bam! Somebody owns it. You're right. Yeah, like just like NSA's phone number used to be one one eight hundred six eight eight six one one five. That was the number yeah. we would always call into. And if you call that number today, it went to. Um, well, I don't know if it does today, but that number was released for NSA, and it went to some um, cruise place where you could win cruises. You know, they put those old. <laughs> wow, well, man. That- that doesn't sound like Mission Impossible at all. That doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like IMF yeah. status at all. You know? yeah. like, and that's the number you call in to get your messages and stuff. So I, you dial in. I'm dialing <laughs> San Diego, and I got on speakerphone. I'm like, what the hell? I, I thought it was a, a joke, but no, no. Yeah. They literally had let, let the number lapse, and they gave it away. So one eight hundred six eight eight six one one five was the old number, and. And now it goes to, I'm crazy. But yeah, Chris, if you look at 202 number up, you'll see 202 that, that brings to me now. So, but um, real funny. Well, and, <laughs> I but, have gotten some very weird calls. I can tell you guys, people checking in. Shut, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm just mouth. here to tell you some of the text conversations that I've been involved with, with both of these gentlemen via remote tonight are just mind-numbing sometimes and they remain private they will always remain private gentlemen but man some of the things that we find out that we see that are out there that we share back and forth are just jaw-dropping to say the least and you're on that need to know basis and we feel you need to know (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate it like the entire problem definitely we've definitely had our fair share of like banned episodes oh yeah you know stuff like that we've definitely Mm -hmm. had our fair share of banned content um you gentlemen have been a part of that i mean billy joe kane has i mean every one of you guys tonight the whole reason why you were the trifecta of you were asked i guess really quadfecta um is that y'all y'all were 
all pillars of what built dudes and beer and turned it into the show that it is now that's curious realm where we get to go to a larger format we get to take this message in these mm -hmm. missions like the exfiltration of people from afghanistan the freaking like don't my turbo's still that. working on that. I don't even want to get into that, dude. That's an hour uh, and a half in and of itself, the work yeah. that you have in front of you. He's still got, like, thousands of people yeah. on his exfiltration list. Whoa. That's what we yeah. left in Afghanistan, just laying on the table, you yeah. know. And, you know, the the work that you continue to do, John Hall, where, where you even get censured. With with the things that you're getting ready to bring out and that kind of stuff, mm. it's it's absolutely uh, humbling to me. And and the technology that you bring to the table, Billy, and Thank what you. you've done with human trafficking and the number of times you've come on here and talked about that, uh, like it's humbling to me to know that our show has meant that much to y'all, yes. and and that it's meant that much to so many listeners. I'm going to forward you a copy of an email. I don't know if, if you've seen it or not. If I don't remember if I copied you or send you screenshots. Okay. Um, what happened was, was um, I'm trying to think about how I can say this and let it come out because I want to say it. Yeah. Okay. So the National Reconnaissance Office, um, everyone, if you're familiar with Maxar Technologies, that's the company that actually you see all the images on TV where they show all of this. Uh, Maxar Technology, blah, 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 is Digital Globe. That's what most people know it as, is Digital mm -hmm. Globe. Okay, so Maxar Technologies, apparently, now this is where the information came out. I applied into um, their technology center to get the satellite images for Afghanistan at sub 30 centimeters. And 30 centimeters is the minimum uh, or, or, or the best resolution that you can get as civilian. And I was wanting, you know, two to five centimeters, which is what I'm used to looking at. Yeah. And so, um, so I applied got it basically approved and they said, but you, I need a, a GSPO, which is you know, a government sponsor essentially. And so I had a government sponsor at department of Homeland security. So myself and the department of Homeland security guy, we uh, got together and we said, okay, we're going to do this. And I need these images because we're doing X fills and I need to keep people safe and keep safe houses safe and all this other stuff. So that was going to be my job in, in my, my group, um, which is uh, rescue operations, uh, LLC. So we, Went through the whole process, got approved, everything was done. I go to log in, and then boom, I get cut off, and I get this weird email. I'm gonna send you any. Actually, I can post email. Anybody can read it. It's an email from the um, NGA, National Geospatial, and so they sent this email saying, uh, "Mr. Kerber has tried to break into our sec our secured system. Mr. Kerber used yeah. to be a user back a long time ago, but Mr. Kerber's no longer user." Blah blah blah. And I'm sitting there going, "You guys approved me." And you want, and I have the emails from them telling me, oh, you need a government sponsor. So I did. But I went through the whole process. And get this on the same email that they admonished me, they admonished another person that I don't, I have no clue who the person is, giving out information on the other person, which means my information went to them as well. Yeah. We were all copied on the same email. I said, whoa, this totally breaks all, oper you know, OPSEC protocol. Mm -hmm. So I contacted them and gave them one hell of a lashing. And I'm still sitting here to this day wondering, I wonder where we're going to go with this eventually. Um, but anyway, I'm sitting here going through the Maxar website right now. And uh, 
it's it's pretty phenomenal. Like you can get down to object tracking, things like that with their satellites. And that's what we were saying earlier is that this is all stuff that, hey, you can you went in as a government contractor. You could go in as a private contractor. You could go in and be like, hey, I'm trying to find out how many people in this region are using Androids on the daily. Well, what they'll do is they will they will actually filter when you go in, you'll see the filters. Um, uh, you you won't see the filters that you can't see. So, and I, I know all the filters that are there. So you can go in and filter out certain things if you're agricultural, if you're this or that or whatever. Sure. Once you start getting into that surveillance realm, they cut you off. You're you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. Even, but you yeah. may know it. You may know it's there. But there are specific things that, that you can do and what you can't do. And anything the government will not sponsor anything that involves a civilian or even a contractor being able to spy on specific people overseas. But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen because there's, sure. a, you know, Bruce Allman, they, they do it all the time. I mean, they're, they're, they've got a whole private sector uh, thing set up over 600 people because they used to have it at the Rock, which is a remote operations um, center for uh, NSA where they had – uh, all that set up, and uh, but you know now you've got you know quite a bit uh, different setups going well, on, and they're the private contractors in it. And, and much like the well, if you were if you if you remember the term love Inc., that's when yeah. they busted a bunch of the NSA guys who were actually targeting yep. girls that they thought were yep. attractive that they'd meet at yep. the grocery store, ex wives or ex wives or new boyfriends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they got in trouble for that. They, they were remote. And that, that was one of the things they were installing in, in Louisville was was some of that stuff, that software that could you you could turn on a camera on a phone and the phone not even be on. It would literally you could you, you could yeah. do that with Samsung televisions because Samsung televisions actually came with cameras at one point that people didn't even know was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I remember no. Diane Feinstein said she was going to get to the bottom of all that, and then we never heard about it again. So, yeah. oh yeah, maybe no, she like did. maybe of, she got to the bottom of it. The the, the head <laughs> just of didn't Samsung. want to tell anybody. The head of Samsung came out in 2012, yes. Yes. and it yeah, was and the same. No. It was the same yeah. year that it came out that the NSA was intercepting laptops before they hit shelves and was putting spyware yeah. on them. Yeah, that, that's yeah. actually the where your Louisville connection came in right there. Yep. I'm trying to remember the room was called. Um, but yeah, with that laptop, where they were intercepting the laptops, that's exactly the program yep. that I was talking about earlier. It's exactly it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch. NSA has so many facilities around the country. It's the largest single employer, um, in the, it's definitely the largest of all the IC community. Um, mm. but it's one of the largest single employers, uh, government employers in the world. Uh, yeah. it's pretty, I mean, Remember yeah. back when it was uh, you would you could drive up to the building. It was called no such agency, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you could ask the security guard, "Hey, what's that building over there?" He's like, "What building?" <laughs> what <laughs> exactly? That one you're uh, right in front of. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. You can park anywhere in the third row, but I don't know where you go from there. Yeah, well, um, my, my daughter and son-in-law they actually took a wrong wrong turn on the bellway there and ended up going in the entrance and oh. had guns pulled them on pulled on them and everything oh yeah um, and they accidentally turned in, into that inch because once you get on that off ramp on this one section you, you, that that off ramp only goes to NSA and if you pull in yeah. there oh, <laughs> you become a TI well, immediately that's it yeah. well and it, well it, it's like one of go ahead one of our NSA centers here in San Antonio is called the Southwest Learning Center. Yep. And yeah. where it's, where it's the Southwest science. Learning Center is, is, is actually in cartoonish looking letters. It kind of yep. looks like 
where young single moms go to learn how to do clerical work or become yeah, an yeah, MA yeah. or something. You oh, know? really? Is that the, the Sony, the Sony the point point of Walmart? Walmart? Yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a, there's a, there's a Sony word, but... Is it the same one? That, well, where no, no, Sony? that one's off of 151. This one yeah. is right in the neighborhood there's off of Word Box. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you a story. You may remember this on the, the one, the, the Sony building. When they bought that building, they started to change over some of the communications comms inside the building for security reasons. And our guys were bleeding KA and KB bands and all kinds of different bands, just playing with the frequency ranges to see exactly which ones worked best inside that building because the building had so much metal and wire and you know, chillers and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and they Everybody's started garage affecting. doors were opening and closing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Can you remember that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man, totally that was hilarious. Well, the official the official NSA story here on the news though, because they denied it for months. Oh yeah. And finally, they came out and said that they were they were experimenting with a new ground wave technology, is what they said. Yeah. Well, that's actually true. That that actually that actually is, is technically true. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but it was basically it, all it was was for the security guys to be able to talk to each other and not see the the building can't have any frequency that affects anything that they're doing because some yeah. of the, the equipment is so sensitive so they had they were playing with frequencies to find out which ones would not affect certain uh certain devices that, that are available inside that building and so we had dummy mock-ups and we had actually all they had to do was measure what the frequency was coming into that one room and uh and so they were just playing around with it and lo and behold they kept hitting the garage doors down the street so one of the guys he's standing outside smoking a cigarette and he's just like looking and sees this this news crew go into the street by the you know the Walmart that's right across the street there. Um, so there's a Walmart there, and then you have an apartment complex behind that, and then you have NSA. And uh, and so they were filming across the street. We're like, watching well, all these garage doors going up and down. He's he's like, what in the world is going on over there? Yeah, and, yeah he yeah. says, hey Jeremy, are you messing with those frequencies again? He says, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop for a second. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. But yeah, that really happened. That really happened. Yeah, and that, 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 smokes, and that, that particular <laughs> building is also where they they monitor Xbox Live. I've, I've had some yep. people on the inside of there myself, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I need to hear more of that. That. <laughs> that, that. They thought that that was your best. That, that actually became the way ISIS was uh, communicating, was, was through Xbox and PlayStation. That's right. Um, Private yeah, chats yeah. and games. Yeah. Yep, that's how they did it, and no one, and they thought that we couldn't figure that one out and monitor them, but uh, yeah. yeah, we had, had a different story for them. And we should do a whole episode on that. Like Billy said, he wants to hear more about yeah. that. I know other listeners do too. Oh, um, sure, and we definitely need to, with Curious Realm, gentlemen, start having more roundtables like this. Last time, last time we did this was episode three hundred, and it was really, really great. We've had some fantastic responses from folks tonight. Um, I, I want to once again thank everybody here in the room and on the line and everybody out there listening and tuning in every week. Uh, thank you all for your support in this show and this mission as we have grown to what we are. Um, I, I can't thank you all enough. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I sent you gentlemen a message earlier today. Um, mm -hmm. 
I'll, I'll go ahead and mute your lines as we're going to go ahead and let y'all go. Feel free to stay on the show. Unfortunately, the way the queue is coming out, um, you will not be able to hear the final five-minute segment. Um, but I did send y'all the link, and it's an epic video. So enjoy that if you are not there at the yeah, – I mean, typically yeah, we chat is. after the show. But if you're not there five minutes later, I firmly understand – Doctor, you have a practice. Mike Turber, I started watching Tiger King 2 last night, dude. Uh I couldn't help but think of you, brother. Um, (laughs) Wow. Uh, I'll give you you the inside scoop on a future show if you got enough for listeners to want to hear it. We'll we'll do it, most definitely. (laughs) Billy Joe Kane, I want to thank you always for being here, for being such a good friend. Like you are, all three of you guys. All right, I'm gonna. Um, I want to. I want to push one thing. Go. Go to PBJ like peanut butter and jelly learning. dot com and use the coupon code Welcome Home for one hundred percent off our program. Wow! As long what? as you will email me and give me a testimonial if you like it or if you don't. PBJ learning. dot com coupon code Welcome Home. Yeah, there it is up on screen, folks. Uh-huh. PBJ Learning. Stop on by and check that out. I cannot, cannot stress enough what it what it means to highlight and bring to light the plight of human trafficking. Not just sexual human trafficking, human trafficking for labor, human yeah. human trafficking for entertainment. Um, all for kinds organ of organ harvesting for organ harvesting. I mean, yeah. forty-eight states that allow child marriage. I mean, it just—it's horrible. Oh. Yeah. So I'll I'll, yeah. I'll let you have it back. So, um, thank you as always, Billy Stephen, my brother from another mother. Oh yeah, two hundred plus episodes together, man. I can't even express the number of conversations that we have had, the number of things that oh, yeah. we have talked about. For sure. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, we actually have one final cue that these gentlemen will be able to hear. And I definitely want um, John Hall to hear it because it is it is because of our good friend John Hall that we regularly have now uh, Dr. Robert Duncan on talking about this technology, talking about the efficacy of this technology and the fact that it's been around for years. And he sent us a goodbye message tonight. So I want to play that real quick. Awesome. Oh no! Where'd my audio go? <laughs> We're doing it live. Screw it! We'll Sorry. do it live. I can't say epic. <laughs> Fix it in the Oh my god, that's horrible. What oh, happened? that was a moment. No, that's horrible. Hold on. It was right I can, then I when Christopher it. Jordan I, knew. I guarantee you. Yeah, I do this for a living, folks. <laughs> I promise. This is this is what I do on the daily. There's a lot of technology going yeah, yeah, well, on. Well, there's there really there's is. a couple I'm, buttons. There's I'm, a couple things. I'm watching it between screen to whatnot, screen, press buttons you know, on all sorts all of things. All that kind of good exactly. stuff. Let me make you, sure. You need a full uh-huh. on like, clone of yourself in the background because yeah, you don't have any arms. I know it's all black too. That's the yeah. worst part about it. Oh, welcome. There. This is Dr. Robert Duncan, uh, a friend, a former friend of uh, beers, dudes and beers. But I want to welcome Curious Realm, uh, free thought, uh, mind, and discussion. Amen. And, and that that is once again what we're all about here, folks: is open minds, open hearts, open discussions, talking about uh, what what moves our world, what changes our world, and um, 
Man, speaking of which, I had a crazy moving experience this last weekend. Mm, what was that? Oh, yeah. Myself and Dr. Danger, uh, Gregory Carpenter, he's been on the show a couple few times. He brought a CIA whistleblower, Cody Snodgrass. Tonight, folks, I, I've said before that I would be getting together with Dr. Danger to set myself on fire. Um, tonight, <laughs> you get to see that footage. Oh I God, did God. this for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I did this for you. I'm going to go solo here for the last minute, folks. Uh, I love the show. I, I love my audience. I, I love all of my guests that have been on this show regularly. I can't thank everybody enough. I can't thank Scott Ertz enough for moving his audience to help vote us into uh, the finals for the People's Choice Award and all that. Um, all of that on the way out of Dudes and Beer and coming in is Curious Realm. Next week is the official first episode of Curious Realm, folks. And in honor of that, I have immolated myself and set myself on fire for your entertainment. Enjoy. Here oh, it boy. is. Oh, you got it. Like running man. <laughs> <laughs>